0: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment.
1: Good, bad, good, bad, good,
0: bad, good. (laughs) All right. Welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop episode 195. Um, Not Matt this week. No Matt this week because um, our schedules are totally out of sync with each other. I think we mentioned on the last show, um, I proposed a date. He couldn't make it. He proposed a date. I couldn't make it. I had a counter offer. He couldn't do that. He had a counter offer and I couldn't do that either. So over four days, um, we could not agree a single time. So it was either not do an episode at all, or do one solo. I was like, hey, I want to get our, I want to get guests on when we can, particularly when I know we've got a guest who can do our awkward Friday segment. Um, Fridays are normally so difficult to do. So, Paul, I know you were on last year um, in July, uh, Paul from our Official U W R E, the Unreal Wrestling Experience. How's it going, Paul?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks. I'm very excited to be back on and lots to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say you got back in touch with us and um, I was like, hey, it's going to be a little while. Like we've got a few things coming up. And then, as always seems to happen, we just don't seem to be able to record on Saturdays anymore. So anybody who says that they can make a Friday, you basically jump straight to the front of the line, as it were. Um, Yeah, it tends to work. It te- some people it works good for and other people it's like, oh, yeah, no, we can't do Fridays at all. But everything kind of fell into place. And uh, yeah, this was kind of, when Matt said he couldn't make it. I was like, well, I know straight away. I was like, I know, I know that we got a guest. So that's kind of cool. So tell us about I would say normally in the opening segment, we get you to talk about what your project is, your podcast, etc., etc. With it being a year ago. And I know we've got new listeners since that. Tell us the basic premise and tell us what's been going on, I guess, in the last year or so. And I know you've got upcoming news as well. Yeah, no problem. So
1: um, URWE stands for the Unreal Wrestling Experience, and it's basically a two-way thing. It's basically Unrealizing we'll do different things that you want. We'll do the basic stuff that you see in wrestling, but we'll also do stuff that has never been done mm-hmm. and to get the fans involved a lot more. And the actual Unreal thing also is because it's very much a comic book-based, fictional wrestling company that's going to be treated like an actual wrestling company so there's going to be news there's going to be merch there's going to be everything of a traditional wrestling company but mixed in with all the different characters and anything can happen and also we've just announced that we're going to be doing a the unreal wrestling experience titles which are going to be for male female tag team and we're going to have a faction warfare title Mm -hmm. and all of that is going to be voted for specifically by the readers, the viewers, whatever you want to say. Yeah. So literally everything from who's going to be in it, who's going to be fighting the type of match, anything like that, it's all going to be decided by the people. And then we'll literally take it from, the, it's not going to be like a taboo Tuesday when it's like, oh, Batista's fighting, who's fighting? Is it Stone Cold Steve Austin, the janitor? the local policeman from down the road. It's going to be actual. We're going to give you actual, actual things and go, this is what you're voting for. And then whichever one people vote for is what we'll go with and then just take it from there. Yeah. So a lot
0: of exciting things to come. Absolutely. I, I remember, I'm trying to think how long ago it is. I, my time frame's always really bad. Um, I remember when the, uh, the when Vincent McMahon came back into the ring after a really bad point in WWE. I think it's like two, two and a half years ago. And it was around a real down. and they came in and they said, we're going to give the fans exactly what they want. And then for perhaps a couple of weeks, three weeks, they kind of did. And then after that, I keep thinking back, you said you were going to give us what we want. And then most of the time, it's like, I don't think this is what anybody wants. So I'm glad to see that you are, you are going to keep the fans happy. <laughs> it sounds like Oh, exactly. I think think Vince McMahon normally
1: does that for about two weeks and then changes his mind.
0: Yeah. Like he has
1: with Lacey Evans for the past, like what, three weeks, bless him.
0: Now I also understand from a business point of view As well, so if you give everything that the Fans want, everything's going to be oh, cool. positive So you, you obviously have to have things That don't go your way as well To, to build storylines as well, but I just I always think it's amusing that some of the things That they think are good things that we want Are definitely not good things that we want So yeah. So how does this link in exactly With the 100 days? Now I know part of your Promo picture has got that 100 days on What happens in 100 days? And where are, where are we in that count? Because I received That picture a few days ago, so I'm not sure how old that picture is. Well now
1: you got it exclusively, and we posted
0: oh. it on social media okay. saying
1: that it was gonna be a thing that was coming up very soon, and basically okay. very soon without people knowing the hundred days will start counting. Okay. And then that'll be basically to the to the first big event, which is uh, gonna be called, which is gonna be called URWE's opening night. Uh-huh. And it's going to be – and over those 100 days, we're going to – because all the wrestlers that are in URWA, obviously, are exclusive. So there's no – you won't see a returning wrestler. There's no wrestler that wrestled 50 years ago coming in. It's all – all all the wrestlers are completely exclusive Mm -hmm. to the brand. And basically, over those 100 days, we're going to build them to the point where you actually care. And that you understand who everybody is mm-hmm. and any backstories and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And thankfully, we've got a magazine, um, Electric Music Magazine, that has given us that chance. And over that 100 days, we will post interviews and storylines. And mm-hmm. basically, we're going to open up where the wrestlers can basically have their say as well about who they like, who they don't like. They can say whatever they want, they can challenge people. And anything, and that's going to be a hub that we have throughout the entire experience where wrestlers can go in, and if they want to challenge for anything, they can challenge, and then it either gets accepted or declined. And it's going to, it's going to be a totally different experience to what you used to mixed in
0: with your normal wrestling. I remember looking. I think it was their webpage I looked at because I saw that there was um... – actively asking for like hey music from from what i could guess from uh, independent artists um and trying to get part of trying to get them involved as well i saw there was lots of promotional stuff so it looks like you guys are helping to promote other people as well
1: yeah because um electric music magazine's very much all about the unsigned indie talent Mm -hmm. and they do so much work with them and they were like well can you help us and get on board and do as much as you can and then we remembered obviously that we've got a lot of wrestlers coming in and they won't have theme music and they're not going to have, we're not going to, we're going to have, obviously have storylines that we're going to have to have music to build that as well. Sure. And yeah. we said, well, we'll, we'll get you guys to join in then. So basically we put it out where we said, well, if you've got music and you don't mind us using it, mm-hmm. send it over. We'll have a look at it. And then mm-hmm. we'll find the wrestlers that fit the music and then try our best to like
0: help people whilst we're doing our our bit at the same time absolutely that that sounds absolutely perfect (laughs) like i say they're helping you obviously because if you suddenly said like i don't know how big your roster is going to be but even if you said like i don't know it's 20 ross if you suddenly got to come up with 20 tracks by yourself and you're not a musician that's gonna (laughs) gonna be really difficult to do but if you can get people who are prepared to do that and want to get showcase their music at the same time that's perfect. Yeah, they get to they get to use their music. They get the promotional side as well. You get the. That sounds like a, a win win situation for everybody, right there. Well,
1: yeah. Um, for example, we got a guy called Joshua Lloyd, who's a very talented music artist, and basically said to him, "Could you do us like a a theme tune specifically for URWE?"
0: Yeah.
1: And I think it took him about twenty minutes to write it. And he went, there it is. Do you want me to record it? And I was like, yeah, record it. He sent it me the next day. And I was like, there you go. That's it. And I think that's the thing. I think people are very much understanding that we want to help. Of course. And we've also got the music magazine who have gone, well, if you can get the music and you put it to your talent, we'll advertise it, we'll do this. So it's very much, a, especially with the music, it's very much a joint
0: effort between us and them. Yeah, yeah. I love it how if I'm thinking like and I'm not a musician at all like if I even started thinking about like how would I write a song like it would take me 20 minutes just to even think about All right, what instruments am I using and somebody just goes like that and this hey the whole thing's done there's some people that can do that. I think Blur wrote song two, I seem to remember, in like under an hour or something. And it's like, whoa. Sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes those uh, juices just flow and it just happens naturally. But yeah, it's it's impressive when people can do that and make it to something specific like you asked as well. Like, hey, I need this to be for like the intro to a wrestling show. Like, you can't just stop banging instruments together. Like, you've got to actually give it some thought about what pieces go where and whether it fits in or not.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those as well. Like, when I'm writing some of the stuff, for urwe Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if it flows then you know it's right yeah and i'll sit there sometimes and i'll have a few of the wrestlers in this big storyboard and i'm writing it all out and i'm like now if i didn't think of that in 10 minutes then it's then and i'm not thinking about changing it that's what i'm doing yeah and it's and that's the problem i think sometimes in wrestling i'm not going to mention i won't put vince mcmahon's name in any (laughs) of this but vince mcmahon will see something and go i need to change this And it's oh. like if you've come up with it just go with it and then take it from there because yeah. it will work out in the end because but unfortunately he listens to some people which will give him false information or information that he needs to he needs to change but if he come up with it all himself or with his team but i think sometimes there's too many there's too many people and too many, too much of the. We'll, we'll write his promo and we'll do this and we'll do that. And it's like no, at the end of the day, Stone Cold Steve Austin did not get you to write his 316 promo.
0: Uh-huh. It,
1: a lot of it's on the fly. Yeah, go with it because some of those on the fly moments and the moments that we can remember
0: absolutely I I think that's I think that's true some of our famous when we look at our favorite moments just from recording this podcast like most of the stuff that's the most memorable totally unplanned you can't script the best stuff you just can't it doesn't work that way it's the moments that you're unexpected it's the moment it's the comments that you think of off the top of your head when you interact with what's going on and you see that's the best stuff you can't script everything it just doesn't work like that but yeah he's definitely a micromanager for sure
1: yeah I think he's got slightly better since AEW's come about he's he's realized that he needs to turn it up a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh competition's always a good thing. <laughs> oh you, god yeah. The same thing. If you're just one, if a one party thing or whatever it is in one single company there's no incentive to necessarily do any better but when you as soon as you get some competition in there uh, if you don't respond to it, then suddenly you're going to be the second company or the third company or whatever it is. So, yeah, if you want to keep that, if you want to keep that number one spot, you've got to react. So, yeah, that was good. Well, I'm glad you mentioned some of that possible long term storytelling being better than kind of like micromanaging or whatever, because I have a feeling I might want to talk about that a little bit later. So I suggest we go hit the wrestling talk straight away. Let's go ahead and go into those good cop moments. Good. Bad. Guests always get to go first, Paul. What do you got for us? What is your main good cop moment of the week?
1: I've got to go with one. Really obvious one. Okay. And I'm going to go with Wardlow. Just Wardlow in general. Okay. I think the weird thing is with Wardlow as well, though, is people had to go at double or nothing because they went, oh, because of the whole MJF thing, which I'm sure I'll mention at some point later. I think I might come up, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because of because of that, that's why he MJF took ten power bombs and why this happened and why this and they said, like at the end of the day, it was done right. Yes, he took ten power bombs. Would he have took ten power bombs? No. Should he have took ten power bombs? Yes. Because that's what Ward, Wardlow is Brock Lesnar and Goldberg stuck together, and that's it. He's got the athleticism where I mean I seen him do a hurricane rana the other day. It's like okay, this is the athletic stuff that Brock Lesnar used to do mixed with the the st- the style that they did when they brought Bill Goldberg in originally in WCW and they've just shoved it all together. And it's like, okay, do it right and it'll be brilliant. And that's exactly what they've done throughout, pretty much throughout the entire storyline that's been building for what, two, three years, I think, it is leading up to the MJF Wardlow. Mm-hmm. And then Double or Nothing comes along they do. Whether it was, be- whether it was, we don't know what happened. We don't know exactly what happened. We will in the future, when yeah. MJF's about fifty and he wants some money, <laughs> and he'll do an interview and he'll explain it all. Or Tony Khan will just say it, just to get everybody off his back at some point. But yeah, it was done exactly how it should have been done. It was. It was done exactly how it should have been done. It was done right. MJF lost. Lost clean, middle of the ring, that was it. So that Wardlow thing from start to finish for me, including obviously a double or nothing, was just done so well. Yeah. And I I want to see I want to see him face punk for the title. I want, or or possibly if you want to elevate the TNT. Elevate the TNT, shove him in there instead. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, done. That's it. But yeah, I think just the build from him from start to finish has been
0: amazing. and I hope it continues. I didn't realize. I saw like a few of the tweets this week saying he was like all elite. I assumed he already was all elite, so I'm, I'm guessing that that was not the case then. Well, just... it was in storyline. It was the
1: fact that MJF was his manager and that he owned the rights to it uh-huh. okay. all the way through, and then. If he beat MJX, then he came out of the contract with him and then became All Elite. And then that's where it all came from.
0: He talked about it probably about couple of months ago and we were talking about so what's going to happen for Wardlow like once he's done with MJF that's probably going to be it like MJF's going to carry on skyrocketing Wardlow will be an afterthought and he's going to be on the way down and they're kind of going in different directions at this point and that's not really how it's turned out <laughs> they've actually both come out of this really good um so yeah I think Wardlow like you said he's the <laughs> strong guy who also has those athletic moves as well, and when you start looking at possible people who he could face for perhaps that mid mid range uh, mid title to begin with, or perhaps the upper echelons a little bit further along, um, yeah, there's a lot of upside to him. He's come out of this really well, which wasn't a guaranteed. I don't think probably about two months ago. Yeah. I just think that made it so
1: well at the end, that it, it's got to be. He's gotta go for he's gotta go for a title eventually, but does he necessarily need it? We'll wait and see. And yeah. um, I think that I think they'll bring in wrestlers like, for example, I think Miro will go with him at some point. Yeah. And put him against somebody like give Miro some wins, bring Miro in against him, and just basically build him to the point where you know that when he comes for the title, that he's gonna either
0: give it a really good go or he's he's got to win it yeah 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 no I, I I totally agree with you I, I think it was I, it was definitely a good cop moment for sure um, the way he has been built from somebody who and for me personally, before he joined AEW, it was not somebody I was familiar with. Like I, I do know, the, I do follow the indie scene, but sometimes some of those names who've come up, um, I think they've done a good job with developing those characters. They've given them some good storylines. They put some good matchups together, um, and it's somebody who you you want to see more of. Like if they have that size, yes. like you can't teach size. That's going to be difficult to do. But when you have that athleticism in, and you're already starting comparing it to people like uh, a younger Goldberg, of course, I'm sure not the the current Goldberg, but when you put them in. Into that type of characterization, then, yeah, that's definitely somebody you want to see for sure.
1: Well, yeah, and I think it reminds me of a little bit of the manager big guy, it reminds me a bit of Shawn Michaels and Diesel, like 94, uh-huh. that kind of, the two of them together going all over the place, winning everything, then split up, and then he goes one way, he goes the other way. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of glad this week actually that Matt wasn't on <laughs> because he. Probably, I don't know how much uh, AEW he watched. He's been a little better actually. He has had a, he has talked about it a little bit more recently. Um, I, I prefer watching AEW over WWE. I, I think that's I think hey, that's man. pretty well known. And um, yeah, I, I didn't watch Double or Nothing live. I have watched clips of it. I haven't seen everything actually, and I didn't actually see um. There was I can't remember what happened. I started to watch it and then I went out and then I was like, oh, I'll catch it again later, and then. Somehow, over the course of the week, I just realised, oh, I didn't manage to catch everything. So I haven't actually seen the I haven't actually seen the Wardlow MJF match. Um, I saw the build I saw the build up to it, which I thought was really well done. And I yeah. know, we're going to talk probably a little bit more no. about it later. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was good. But I definitely also want to talk as my good mate, uh, my good cop moment. Um, also something from uh, Double or Nothing. But also I want to go to the backstory as well. Um, I think I got I listened back to our episode last week, and Matt cut me off a little bit, and I think he was mocking me a little bit. So um, I want to talk about the uh, the growth and evolution of uh, CM Punk. So I actually went back to kind of see because I think I mentioned he fought a few people. I said he paid his, his dues last week. This is obviously before he won the title, and I said I think he's deserving of that. I think a lot of people have mocked some of the people who've come in and they're like, oh, they're getting a title shot straight away, like they've had one match and then they're straight in the title scene, and that's not been true for Punk. Like he's had to. he actually went back. It was nine months ago. Uh, August twentieth, twenty twenty one was when he appeared on rampage and obviously there was big chance i went back and watched it and um, that's definitely a good cop moment in itself the reaction from the crowd because at that point they didn't know for sure he was there but they were there were certainly inklings that he could be there with it being in chicago and then the moment when he actually his music dropped oh my gosh um it, it definitely still stood inside me as i'm watching it he's still getting goosebumps nine months later uh, when he comes into the ring and his reaction um Jumping into the crowd, uh, fist bumping everybody. Um, You could see that somebody who'd become disillusioned with wrestling was somebody super excited again um, to be jumping into the wrestling scene again. Um, I mentioned that he paid his dues. So I went back to look, actually, like how quick did he get through? Um, I think there's 20 matches. So. um, Some of these names, I'm not saying they're not big names, but they're not necessarily the top tier to begin with. Uh, Darby Allen, I thought, was a big match. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, Matt Seidel. Bobby Fish was the name I specifically mentioned. Uh, Eddie Kingston, QD Marshall, Lee Moriarty. Um, There's tag team matches within here as well. Uh, Did face Wardlow as well for 14 minutes. Uh, Sean Spears, MJF. um, Tagged again with Moxley against FTR. Uh, MJF again. Dax Harwood, Max Caster, Penta Dustin Rhodes, John Silver and then finally the match last week against Adam Page for the title they, I think he's paid his dues I th- I don't think you can accuse him of something like oh look he's a big name, he went straight to the top he got his match straight, he didn't get his match straight away he had 20 matches and I was surprised actually it was so few, I think all those promos that he does as well kind of resonate with you as well and they kind of stick in your head as well, so I'm, I'm happy that they gave it over 9 months, I thought they did a good job of long term storytelling they didn't push him straight to the front because I don't think they needed to push him straight to the front like you said that perhaps Wardlow doesn't need a title I don't think CM Punk needed a title immediately as well I thought it was good to bring him back in start off some of those rivalries particularly with MJF Facing some of the up-and-coming stars, uh, people like Lee Moriarty, I think it's important as well. Facing some of the bigger names as well, perhaps on their way down a little bit, perhaps like Dustin Rhodes and that. Um, I thought they actually booked it perfectly well. Um, I wasn't surprised that CM Punk beat Adam Page. Um, I heard other people were a little down on it that perhaps they should have waited for him to face somebody like Kenny Omega or something like that. Um, I have no problems with any of those issues at all. I, I think the way they've done it is just fine. I'm excited to see what the next stage is. And I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing. Um, I didn't catch everything from Wednesday, but I did like his promo. He said straight away, he said, hey, look, I'm still learning. Now, as a teacher, that was something that resonated in me straight away. You've got to be a lifelong learner. I like the fact that he's still very humble. And I think that's for me is one of the reasons why I actually like MJF. Um, Sorry, why I like CM Punk. I like that humbleness. I like that admittance that, hey, look, I'm not perfect. You don't often see that in wrestlers because it's actually a sign, almost seen as like a sign of weakness. They're always saying like, yeah, I'm the best. Nobody can beat me. And he said, yeah, I got to get better. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm particularly excited to see um, uh, the match with Tanahashi as well. Having seen Tanahashi in the oh. uh, the recent uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling event in Washington, D.C., that was a name that, that I'd recognized before but perhaps didn't know in the ring very well. Uh, but that was one of the people who really stuck out from that event, that how good he actually was. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes with CM Punk. Yeah, I think the CM Punk thing is
1: one of them things where I've always been a fan, so it's always been one of them things where as soon as they said he was returning, it was just I was just amazed by. It. And I think a couple of the things that people have had negative aspects towards, like for example his age,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people said well, he's too old, he's too old. Mm-hmm. And then somebody flashed up something. I believe it was Hulk Hogan. They said that at that age it was when Hulk Hogan, I believe it was Hulk Hogan, started his NWO run.
0: Sounds about right.
1: same age. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I think that, everybody went, oh, he's too old. It's like, no, he's there to put bums in seats, which he's doing. Yeah. He's there to get, as you said, people like Darby, Lee Moriarty, Mm -hmm. and things like that forward. He also has pushed, like, the Wardlow match was to push Wardlow forward. Mm-hmm. He did that. MJF pushed him forward to make, if anything, to make that storyline between Wardlow and MJF more interesting. And he took part in that. And then, as you said, fighting people, ex-WWE guys who can ghost like Matt Sodell, Dustin Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And he's done all that together. And I think it's just something where people keep saying how negative it is. And it's like, but if he does a lot of things along the way to build people and to build stars, then there's no, I don't see a problem in it
0: yeah it's if people are criticizing for his age um that would be a little hypocritical i'm gonna guess that's wwe fans who probably just wanted him to appear on wwe um there's mo if you think of that roster though there's a lot of wrestlers who are over 40 like um i don't think anyone's saying straight away like aj styles can't go anymore i know he's a lot older than that there's a lot of people on that list or if you keep bringing oh. people like brock lesnar back like it's not that old and the other difference oh, I'd say is yeah, between um that is cm punk hasn't wrestled constantly that whole time if you Been wrestling since you were in your 20s, early 20s, perhaps, and now you're in your mid 40s or whatever, then yeah, that's probably a brutal time. CM Punk didn't do that. He took many years off, and that's probably helped preserve his body a little bit. Like, uh, Jeff Hardy's body, (laughs) let's be honest, it's probably a little bit bit more beat up. Like, the matches that he's had over his career constantly, and that's obviously made a difference. But yeah, I don't think CM Punk's body's in bad shape just because he hasn't wrestled as long as perhaps other people are. How long can he wrestle for? I don't know the answer to that, but right now I don't look at him and think that's an old guy wrestling. I understand no. he's older than some of the younger crowd because you've got a lot of those indie people who came up into AEW. Uh, but yeah, that seems like a little bit of a that seems a little bit of a, a petty criticism, I would say. All right, Uh let's so have a look if there is anything else that we uh, considered good cop moments for this week. Um, you got 90 seconds, Paul. If there's anything else that you considered a good cop moment for the week.
1: Uh, I think uh, the Hardy boys and the Young Bucks double or nothing, although there were some moments when, unfortunately, Jeff Hardy was injured. I think that was a, a good decent match. Um, the build of Kyle O'Reilly all of a sudden, be interesting to see where that goes. I just think, I think WWE, I'm going to go one, and I'll go judgment today, because I think that's actually, is it another House of Black? Possibly. But they're actually doing something that I actually want to watch. So that's quite decent. The Forbidden Door pay per view, I'm looking forward to. And the telling me who CM Punk's opponent was, that's piqued my interest. Yeah. I also think the, well, the Owen Art tournament was a good thing. Was it done right? We'll come to that in a bit. But the actual thing itself and what it meant and what it stood for was a very good thing. I also think that AEW are constantly building young talent, which is just something are they gonna to get to WWE in five or six years' time? You don't know. But they'll take they'll take their chances with your Dante Martins, your Lee Moriarty. We've seen what they've done with the logs of Wheeler Utah. Mm-hmm. So again, all that's doing well at the moment.
0: Oh, you're a you're a pro. That was perfect for 90 seconds. Uh, yeah, Wheeler Uder, somebody I saw um, on the Indies. I saw his uh, first ever match at the um, the local I used to go to. So yeah, people like that. I'm excited to always to see them, and particularly the role that he has right now. And um, one thing that did surprise me about Forbidden Door was I was kind of interested in going. Um, I actually have a training course over the summer, so I would actually be totally unable to go to it. Or I think it's probably two days before, but to get from Chicago to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina in two days is not happening that's too much and particularly when i'm on the road driving so i won't i won't be that i did see that tickets on stubhub were available for $30 now i'm sure that they're nosebleed tickets but considering how quickly that event sold out i was really surprised that um, the prices were that low so um, i be interested to see what what happens with those prices but i figured it would be a lot more expensive with there being such a, a demand for people wanting to go see that to be honest um, I don't have much, actually, for Good Cop. I have one um, that just kind of made me laugh more than anything else. Uh, one thing I didn't realize um, is from PWI Magazine on Twitter, we are now accepting submissions from wrestlers and promoters for the 2022 PWI Top 500, and then there's a link to a Google form. Um, I didn't actually realize that's how that process worked at all, but apparently you can submit it. Um, the one that I really liked, though, was the one from Warhorse on uh, Tuesday. Uh, wish me luck, guys. And then the question where it says bio slash other information, you <laughs> Make me number sixty nine. Make me number sixty nine. Make me number sixty nine. And he repeated that seven times. Um, I thought that was funny. I thought that was something that's very, very uh, Warhorse like. Um, I thought Warhorse would have been somebody who, I know he appeared on AEW. I honestly thought he would probably have appeared more. I think he's doing perfectly well on the Indies, but I, I still like seeing Warhorse. Very entertaining wrestler. I think somebody else has said, if he, what if you were number four hundred and twenty as well? Would four twenty work for you as well? Uh, but yeah, Warhorse was my quick good. Moment of the week. All right, we've looked at the good. Let's have a look at the bad. Uh, there was a lot of negativity on Twitter this week. Well, perhaps not necessarily surprisingly. I think that happens most weeks. Uh, let's see what we picked up though. Good! Bad! We're yeah. the, the Brain, Brain Buster, Buster Boys! Boys. Check us out on the Visionaries Global Media Network. We are a wrestling podcast, kind of, that uh, covers AEW and other things. But, oh, more than that. And we deal with the pesky show business of making a wrestling podcast. The struggles, the ups and downs, the good days, the bad days, the frustrations, and the triumphs. And more than anything, we have a lot of fun, damn it. We have a lot of fun, yeah. All Elite Wrestling. We've done a little world wrestling entertainment. Wasn't that entertaining, but whatever, you know. By, so, the,
1: the so,
0: so listen to the show good bad alright um, bad cop moment time uh, but before we get to that we had an issue at the end of um, the good cop moments so as you listen to that first section I haven't actually edited now that was recorded on Friday uh, we're recording again on Sunday so so good cop why are we recording two days later and we had some issues with internet um, we had a few problems Um, I'm not sure if everything on the sound quality is perfect for the first one, but hey, you guys all cut us a little bit of slack. You know that it's just two guys chatting about wrestling, so... Um, yeah, we got a two-day gap, so um, we're recording our, we're recording the rest of the show today, and the rest of it's going to come out today. Um, within the show finishing, probably within about, I think it was about an hour, Paul, if I remember correct. I remember I was kind of just looking on my phone, and I was looking at the internet. Um, I saw the announcement that CM Punk had broken his foot, so obviously, um, what was potential Good Cop moments, his match against uh, Tanahashi, that's obviously off. Um, there is going to be an interim champion. Um, we are not going to go back and record an alternative Good Cop moment. So I did want to mention that, obviously, some things have changed. Um, I'm not sure. Did they mention – I don't know if you saw. Did they mention um, a potential timeline, like how long he's going to be out for?
1: Well, no, they didn't.
0: They was, they were saying that it was going to be until – obviously, until he was well
1: again, and then he'd come back, and then, obviously – I mean, maybe they'll do it. Where he'll go against Tanahashi, because Tanahashi will win it at Forbidden Door. We don't know. Because mm-hmm. we've seen... We, we know roughly who's going to be in this. It's going to be John Moxley. He, yeah.
0: Is he... Go... Go, go now. Go... Whatever I don't know what the bloody other guy's I, name is. i got to be honest. Once I heard it was Moxley, after that, my, my brain kind of switched off. Because I was like, it's obviously going to be Moxley and Tanahashi. But they fought at the New Japan event that I was at. Um, There was four of them. There was those two. uh Juice Robinson and oh gosh i can't remember who the fourth person was but i was like it worked really well it was a fantastic match it made perfect sense that they would want to put those two together again oh it was uh will osprey will osprey was the fourth person Ah. so i'm like obviously they're going to build from that so to me it seems obviously it's going to be moxley and tanahashi could be way off but yeah after that i kind of was like yeah i'm i'm I don't even need to see the other details. I kind of know what's going on. So I'm I'm disappointed for Punk. I was really excited to see his uh, title reign. Obviously, we'll still get to see that, um, but it'll just be at some point in the future. It could actually work out for the best. It could actually work out like you've got a chance now to write a different story and... um, put some other pieces into place and you have that interim championship and you have it when Punk returns. So you've got some storylines built. Obviously, it's not quite what you planned. So you've got to pivot a little bit, but I'm kind of hoping it'll work out okay. I don't think it's it's bad for Punk, but I don't think it's necessarily bad for AEW. At well, the no, I think
1: it'll work out okay in the end. I think it's go- you, can, you can do it so many different ways. And that's the only good thing about AEW is there's always so many different avenues you can go with it. Because like you wanted Tanahashi versus Punk. You can have it. Yeah. Because you can put the title on him, have him disappear. Punk comes back, Tanahashi comes back with the belt. That's mine. We'll fight for it. Then you can do that. You can do it where Moxley wins it. And then he can go against God knows how many people. There could be a thing where, obviously, Brian Danielson wants in there. And you could have that match again. And then it could, and then if Danielson wins the belt, then it could be Danielson Punk, mm-hmm. and you could you could do so many things with it. It'll be interesting because obviously you've got like Wardlow in there as well. But then, would you put him in there, or do you put him? Do you put him in the TNT instead? Does he go over? The, it's there's so many. It'll be very interesting to see what they what they do with it. I don't think they can really do anything wrong with it because there seems to be that many
0: different avenues with it but all avenues that lead to something good at the end of it now i think part of it depends on how long the injury is potentially going to be and i'm sure they have some idea at this point if it's a short injury and, and i don't think a broken foot's necessarily a quick injury i would assume that's six months i would think minimum uh, i'm not 100 sure on that um If it was something short, I think that is somewhere where you can give somebody like a Wardlow that opportunity. While he's hot, why not push him for a few months? I think that would be ideal. Um, If it's it's six months or longer than that, then I think you have to put it probably on more of an established name and then give CM Punk the chance to get that. Um, I actually don't think Tanahashi's is going to win that match because he has commitments, obviously, with New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. So I, I don't think he can, do his, um, he can do his wrestling in Japan. And I know, I obviously, have international flights. I understand things like that. But having to constantly keep flying back from one country to the other, I think that might be too much. I think it makes more sense if you're going to put it on somebody to put it on Moxley, who's obviously part of the company anyway. But And we saw what happened with all the Ring of Honor people. <laughs> they lost all their titles pretty much straight away. And uh, they all got put on AEW people. So um, I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. But anyway, it actually worked out kind of good that we had a chance to talk about what happened afterwards, because if we'd had recorded straight through on Friday, we would have had all these things kind of hanging, and it would have been like, well, too late, we already recorded. Um, I'm glad that Matt's not here this week, because I have a horrible feeling that he would have had CM Punk breaking his foot as his good cop moment. And he's mentioned multiple times, including last week, that it's oversaturated, we've seen too much of Punk, like, everyone's sick of seeing him. I'm like, "No, no, 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 they're not. The fans absolutely love Punk. They cannot get enough of Punk right now. But it does give him that chance now. He's had that run for nine months. Obviously, it's not what was planned. But you can give him that break for a few months now. Can you imagine the pop when he comes back again? Those crowds are totally gonna want to see CM Punk. Oh, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna get to see him come back, but they're gonna get to see him come back and he'll be the champion again. So actually I think it will work out perfectly well also. But it, any one of those. I'm haters... looking forward to me. I'm looking forward to it because I'm hope I mean they could even
1: which it won't happen, but they could even do Summer of Punk Part Two. Yeah. So you could have MJF going off on one. He's injured. They both come back. He's he's MJF somehow gets the title at some point during something. Punk's supposed to have it. They go against each other. Then you've got that. It, it could. It, there's so many different things you can <laughs> do with it. it it's, I'm looking forward to it. that's the thing with AEW. They don't need, an injury. Doesn't mean like bad. It doesn't mean well. That means they're the whole thing's gone. It's like no, it's the same when hangman Adam Page had to go because his partner was having a baby. Yeah. And instead of going, well, mate, you're gonna be fired because we need you here, or you've got to come in and we've gotta you've got to do this. They just went, No, 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 go, you're fine, we've got this. And they just changed it up and then came back to it in the end. And it's like, yeah, because they've got the ability and the wrestlers and the talent to be able to go, well, no, we do it. Oh, okay, this is a problem, but no, we'll move it around come back to this bit so I'm, i am looking forward to that because i think when he comes back
0: i mean he's he's going to be more red hot than he was Yeah. He was let me ask you this because i'm not really sure i'm trying I'm, in my own mind i haven't kind of decided this is one where i'm not really sure which is what do you prefer do you prefer would you prefer to see m punk just to have relinquished his title and then just go with a new champion and then run with that story and then punk has to try and win it back which is more like wwe or what or the interim champion which is obviously the rule that they're going for right now
1: I'm, I'm looking for the interim one because I want that moment the same as when John Cena beat Rey Mysterio and he's there with his belt okay. and CM came down to the ring. John Cena was like, no, the champion's here. Put his hand in the air. CM Punk went, no, that's me. I want that bit. I want that moment. I want the bit where you've got a new champion and then they go, well, no, actually, it's me. And then the build up to a match involving whoever's the champion versus CM Punk mm. rather than him having to fight back for it. Because I think it's, it's like everybody was excited about it. And it was a great moment. And it's like, why then go, well, I'm sorry, now he's back. He's going to have to come back and he's going to have to fight back to the title and he's going to have to do this. Or then if you shove him back into the title picture because he hasn't got the belt, they'll go, well, I'm sorry. He's just come back in and you've shoved him in the title picture. What are you doing? So no, I, think I think keeping the belt on him is a I think keeping the belt on him is a good thing because otherwise people'd go, Well, you can't have this, and then he'd have to build himself back up again and so I think keeping him in that like almost like locking it in and going, well no, you're the champion, come back, and then we'll do it again and start from where we left off rather than having to rebuild him and then maybe making him Slightly more hated by the crowd because they're like, Well, you've just come in and we put you in the picture, or now you started from the bottom again and it's got to build again, it's going to take how many months? And so, I think now keep him, keep it the way it is, and wait for him to come back and then
0: fight whoever's the interim champion. Now, I'm hearing you say you want the interim champion, but in my head, I'm actually hearing you say you prefer him to drop the title. And I think you've convinced me, actually, that I don't like the interim title as much as I thought. I think for that reason, I think that, yeah, I would rather it just be, no, look, you drop the title, but when you come back, obviously, you'll you get first shout because we don't understand the circumstances. Kind of like Finn Balor losing his title. He had it for literally a day, and then he came back on to, I think it was Raw, and he's like, yeah, look, I'm injured. Sorry, can't defend the Universal title. I'm going to give it up. But then you have that, you have that story building inside that when Punk finally does come back it's like look I'm back you know the circumstances I lost it in I want first crack at that title and then you've got instant story for a few weeks so I, I'm still a little on the fence with this but I can kind of I'm, I'm I'm not as positive about the interim title as I thought I were I know your, your intention wasn't to try and convince me the other way but I think it actually did Well I think he kind of just goes
1: along the lines of that either way
0: uh-huh.
1: the same as AEW in anything There's always more roads that lead to the same thing.
0: In some ways, it's probably good that they do something different from WWE because then you'd have those different possibilities. So yeah, I think it works pretty good. Hey, let's move on to our. We talked. We finished. I did want to talk a little bit more about that story since it has been developing and seems we're actually we're actually releasing on the day of doing the interview which we don't normally do we normally it's normally like a few days past and it's like ah look that's already happened but it's just the way it goes so we're recording early sunday morning um let's go on to those bad cop moments then so i haven't changed anything within my notes because i literally haven't had a chance to anyway i haven't had time i haven't seen any anything much except for what i saw friday night um i don't know if you did the same or not but what is your main bad cop moment of the week
1: um it is And it's more of a long spread thing but it's happening more in the last week and that's people bad-mouthing some of the things that AEW are doing when in WWE it happens all day (laughs) and that's stuff like they were I I seen one thing on Twitter last night which was yeah the thing with the whole women's wrestling and oh well the original AEW women aren't being used anymore and they're not making their own stars because they're bringing people in and the same with the men it's like oh no it's we've got you see CM Punk's, you're Brian Danielson's, you don't need this. And it's like they're all over the place. It's like you've got Big Baker, you've got Jake Cargill. You've got all these people that are coming through AEW and then people are going, well, they're not making their own talent. But at least they're making talent. It's like WWE cannot, they couldn't make, they've got Roman Reigns. And it's like, well, we've got Roman Reigns. What else have you got? You've got you a all company. You've got your Kevin Owens, your Sami Zayns, you've got Nakamura's, you've got all these people who should have been champions a couple of times and had great runs. But at least AEW, I mean, you've literally, there's, there's not many people in AEW who, because they're doing a battle royal on I think it's on Wednesday, to determine one of the people who's going to be in this, this interim match. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but there are so many people you could put in. You could even put in... Jungle Boy, you've got Darby Allen, you've got all these people. I mean, you could put, you could probably name 20, 30 people that you wanted. Whereas when they were doing the thing with Roman Reigns, and they were like, well, who's going to be his next challenger? And literally, I think somebody went, oh, well, maybe um, Nakamura, Nakamura hasn't had a good match in God. Bless that man. He was tag teaming for how long? It's not it's not happening. And it's like, where it? Okay, well, Brock Lesnar's probably free for another, and Hulk Hogan could probably do two leg drops for like ten minutes, and Undertaker might be able to do a choke slam and a leg drop. That will do all right. And don't then you've got hey, you've got like Jade Cargill, who doesn't the girl, the woman doesn't wrest, hasn't wrestled properly for when she's coming. Can she wrestle now? Slightly better than she could originally, but they don't want her to. They're like, you'll learn on the job. We'll give you a manager so he can speak. We'll do exactly like they did with Brock Lesnar originally. So we'll put you, we'll give you a mouthpiece. You learn on the job. We won't put you in situations where you're gonna look rubbish. Here you go. Build your character, and that's that's what that's the problem. People, too many people on Twitter are saying, "Oh well, AEW is not doing this right." And it's so like you watch WWE. You can see that every day. There are wrestlers in WWE. There, there are probably 30, 40 wrestlers who, if they walked over to AEW, month and then come back again, a bit like NXT and come back again, you'd have a different star and I think it's just ridiculous, it's like no AEW best with exactly what they've got and every person gets their chance and they get to do their job and I, I just think it's one of them where it's like no wrestling isn't just bringing people and then ruining them and then you've got nothing, it's Built till they haven't got to bring in any WWE guys anymore. Think- they can disappear, and they probably will. They'll be like, "Well, we don't, we're not needed here anymore." And then they'll have their own company rather than having to bring
0: all the wrestlers in. They obviously, if you get the opportunity, if you're a starting company, like. You, you obviously don't have a full roster to begin with. It's obvious in the first few years, you're going to have to add people to your roster. And if you're trying to impress people and get people on board, obviously, you're going to bring in names. And where are the names? Well, WWE, obviously. So it makes sense that you'd want to do that. But I agree with your comment about being hypocritical fans. Now, it's kind of a shame that Punk is the title holder, because I know <laughs> going back two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever it was, um, I did see a picture and it was listing like, oh, it only only WWE people are getting pushed and it listed all the title holders and it was not a single one who was from WWE. So I think it was Thunderosa was the women's champion. Jay Carhill was the um, the ladies TNT champion. I don't know which whichever channel it is. Um, she was that champion. Um, the Hangman Page was the men's champion. Uh, Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy were the tag team champions. And I think it was Sammy Guevara was the uh, TNT, TBS title holder, whichever one it is. And yeah, not one single person was from WWE. So it really is hypocritical so yeah at the time were they bringing people they, they they've got a good mix i think that's what makes the product so entertaining you have that mix of wwe people who perhaps weren't being utilized as well as they could have been but you also have those other people from the indies and from other companies and from japan and from wherever and they're bringing them in and when you get that mix together they're making it work so yeah um, hypocritical fans i think will be a a perennial um, bad cop moment, uh, but also as well, um, AEW fans can also be just as toxic as well, uh, picking out things from WWE that aren't necessarily true or aren't, or when AEW does the same thing that WWE does. So, but in the in the instance that you gave right there, I would 100% agree with you. My bad cop moment is something I saw about um, a person who I'm familiar with from a few interviews on podcasts. Um, I know I see him on um, I see him on Twitter from uh, indie posts not somebody I know particularly well um, but I think it's one that people other people will know better. Um, John Alba May 28th on Twitter last night I had a significant mental health setback. Unfortunately as a result I have to pull off tonight's LW main show and we'll spend the next few days trying to get right. I take pride in being dependable. I'm sorry for letting people down. I promise to make it up now. The bad cop moment is definitely not what happened. Not what John Alba having to pull out of that. Obviously, I want to talk about mental health again. Um, I think the bad cop moment would be if he felt if he felt sorry for letting it people down, um, and any people who did feel let down by him not turning up, that would be my bad cop moment. I think we have to realise that sometimes people just aren't okay, and it's okay to not be okay. Um, John Alba, I think, particularly in this circumstance, very brave. There's a lot of people on Twitter now who are opening up, talking about their mental issues. Um, we had this week returning to chain wrestling. We had Lord Mags, who was, in his intro for chain wrestling, was very open about the fact that he had some issues, um, was dealing with those for the last six to eight weeks. And the more people that can talk about it, the better. They also talked about on the show how such a toxic word is the that phrase, man up. I think particularly for British men, uh, we're talking like, hey, you keep everything you deal with it yourself. You don't speak about this sort of thing. And, um, it was something that's never a good idea. The more you bottle things up, the worse it's going to get. So, um, yeah, I think it's good that people can particularly key figures like John Alba can talk about it in wrestling, make other people aware like, Oh, that's not just me that has those issues as well. It's other people. And, um, The thing that made this into a a good cop moment, which is why I always like to pick ones that I can twist around at the end. Um, The comments on Twitter, having just said Twitter can be a really negative place. I didn't see anything but positive comments and support for John Alba. Uh, People wishing him the best, thanking him for his openness. You expect one kind of sarcastic comment at the end. I didn't see a single person that did that. And at the end, I did see one last tweet from him as well. Uh, Thank you at Randy Carver LW for being particularly understanding and accommodating. Every promoter should be as understanding, compassionate as forgiving as him. Keep fighting the good fight and I'll talk to you all in a few days. And um, it also said, and while I'm genuinely appreciative of kind words of support, I promise you sharing this kind of information isn't a personal cry for help. I just believe in transparency and removing the stigma so many of us who deal with mental health struggles face. You are not alone. So something that Matt and I have talked about multiple times, Uh, it seemed particularly relevant this week um, with Mags return into chain wrestling as well. So something that I wanted to uh, uh, address. But yeah, thankfully, in in the end, it turned out to be more of a positive moment with, like I say, people being respectful of the situation, showing understanding, showing compassion, which is sometimes uh, sadly missing from situations like this.
1: Yeah, but I think it's one of those things that's getting slightly more acceptable.
0: To be able to
1: open up, which is which is a great thing. Yeah. It it's a thing that obviously at some point in when we when I'm doing all the storyboards for URWA, I'm trying to put bits of that in there just to kind of almost make it something like, Yes, you can sp- please speak up about it. Because that's one of the big problems. It's like I've been through stuff and I think everybody has, whether it be small or big, we've all been through things. And the last thing you want to do is speak about it because for some unknown reason, there's a massive stigma where you almost believe that you must do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And that there's a, that there's an issue with telling anybody else. Cause I don't know whether it's cause you'll ruin their day or they'll think less of you or whatever it is. And it's like, that's I... now that's not the case at all. It's just, mm-hmm. you're going through something the same as other people go through things on a daily basis. If they, get hurt or they have problems at work or anything like that and they'll come out and speak to you so this is now different
0: yeah I think it used to be traditionally it was seen as a sign of weakness and it was seen as something wrong with you and therefore you need to deal with it rather than seeking perhaps some, some professional help so people who might understand that situation even better um, I know from a work perspective this was something that I am say this is my I'm going to bat about ready to finish my 25th year as a teacher um, in the next few days. Um, First 23 and a half years, I don't remember this ever being talked about. We talked about casually like a mental health day, but it was more in the case of, look, just take a day, clear your head. And it wasn't really, I don't think any seriousness was attached to it. Whereas in the last 18 months or so, there's been training modules that have been released. There's been opportunities for people to go talk to other people about some of those issues. And now the understanding of, look, when you have these types of issues that, yes, you just take a day, you take a day, you put it as a sick day, you don't ask questions about it. um, And that's it. So I think people are understanding that It makes a difference. It's not just being physically sick, that when you're feeling worn down, when you're feeling tired, when you it brings on all those other stresses, anxieties, things like that, that you have to address that. And if you don't, then the consequences are far outweigh ignoring it. So, yeah, I think societally, it's definitely far more understood, far more talked about. And I think that can that can only be a good thing. All right. um, 90 seconds. If there's anything else that you would like to talk about that you would consider a bad cop moment. A bad cop moment. I think,
1: and I'm going to almost turn on what I said, what the fans were talking about, and that's the women's division in in um, AEW. Mm-hmm. I think it's come to that, especially with the whole Thunder Rosa thing. It's like that woman's so over, and the fans love that, and then she, win, she wins her match at a double or nothing, and then you don't see her again. And there was hardly anything spoken about it. And I just think it's one of them things where they've got all these. You've got the talent. You've got all these women, and if anything, you've got better than what WWE have ever had. And you've got a, you've got your Tony Storms, your Britt Baker's, your Ruby Sohos, your Jay Cargills, your Thunder Roses. But then you've even got people like the Bunny, and you've got Anna Jay, and you've got Ty Conti, and you've got all these women. But what are you actually doing with them? It's like you've got the product, there it is right in front of you. And I think they just need to sit down, look at what they've got in the long run and go, well, we've got a great roster of women here and they need to be using them slightly more than they are at the moment because they're not, they've got the, they've unlike WWE most of the time, haven't got the talent, but then they push them to the hilt. AEW have got loads of talent, but they're not doing as much with them as I think they could.
0: Hmm. Now, I'm not sure. I could have sworn this week on um it was either dark or dark elevation. Um there was actually a tag team match. I'm pretty sure it was uh Ruby Soho and uh Tony Storm versus uh Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. So they they are getting some of those people and so they're getting some good matches put together. Cause I know sometimes it's like, where's Ruby Soho? I'm like, well, she's there, you just gotta know which what show to watch. Um but yeah, that really surprises me about Thunder Rosa not appearing. Like I can't imagine an episode of WWE where suddenly on the next show Bianca Belair's not there, Uh, Sasha's not there, Charlotte Flair's not there, Becky Lynch. Oh no, of course not. Whoever the, ti- whoever the title holder is, you know they're going to come in and they're at least going to talk about how the fact how they beat the person's ass on the Sunday and then you're not taking the title from me and then some surri- surprise person's going to come in and like, well, hey, I'm next in line now. They could beat you because, I'm well, I'm better than them. Any- so, yeah, that really surprised me. They didn't try and build on that story at all. And Thunder Rosa's amazing. Uh, Matt and I are big fans of Thunder Rosa. So, um, yeah, why wouldn't you want to make the most of that character? Yeah, that's that definitely a bad cop moment. For my 90 seconds, um, one of them is I still haven't seen the Hardy Boys and, um, uh, gosh, I can't remember who they face now. Or Double or nothing. The Young Books. Young Books, thank you. I can see their face in my mind. This is what happens when you record it just after 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen that match. Um, as we're not always talking about wrestling now, um, I want to talk about my neighbor's dog because it's driving me crazy this week. So I mentioned at the start before I recorded with like, Paul, I was like, on Friday, I was like, man, I'm so tired. One of the reasons for that was his dogs were barking at like 4.30 a.m. I think it was on the Thursday or the Friday and just would not shut up for about an hour. So I was like, Pfft. I guess i'm getting up then. nothing they don't normally do that this is probably like the first time i would heard it but i was pissed it drove me crazy and then this morning knew i was getting up early to record and what woke me up not my alarm which i'd set just in case i needed once again it was 2 his dogs were barking continually for about 30 minutes or so very big i don't know that i don't exactly know which house it's from it's three four doors down as far as i can tell from guessing where the sound is Big dogs. I'm guessing like Alsatian, something like that. But oh my gosh, if you're going to have pets, please control them. There's no reason why people who are around you should be inconvenienced by your pets who are making that that sort of noise at inconvenient times. Today's the weekend. I can take a nap this afternoon on a school day. I can't do that. i got to work. So, uh, People with inconvenient pets is my um, rather definitely non-wrestling related bad cop moment. I hope you don't have dogs that bark, Paul, or else this is going to be really awkward. Oh no, I've got
1: there's a few there's a few round balls that, that go off only, only when the baby's asleep. That's yeah. the only time that they take that's the only time that the dogs the dogs obviously have some sort of CCC, <laughs> CCTV in the in my house where they go, Oh quick baby's asleep, start barking. <laughs>
0: Uh huh. I remember uh, when my eight year old was particularly young and um, it always seemed like when people were delivering from Amazon or something, you just wait until it's, it's the afternoon nap. You just finally get them settled down. And then at that moment, you get either the doorbell ringing or somebody knocking on the door. And It's like, oh, my God, how do they know every single time? Um, I don't know if this has changed in England, but now when Amazon delivers or something, they don't even knock on the door. They don't even ring the bell. They just leave it. They just leave it on front of the door. That's it. And then it used to be a case of it like you'd open the door and go oh i got a package now you get the messages on your phone it says we just dropped the package off which i much prefer to get in the doorbell being rang particularly when you've got young kids or you've got babies who are trying to sleep it is yeah. it's definitely inconvenient for 100%. sure step in the right direction step in the right direction <laughs> all right um well, this is a moment where i'm going to record afterwards i'm going to record the fan cop moments so we'll see what you what, what what we missed or if there's anything included uh, let's get to those fan cop moments Good. Alright, just me reading them this week. Uh fan cop moments. I start with Nish Guy at Nish Guy. Uh worst cop moment, double or nothing in its entirety for the most part. And best cop moment, Joey Janelle's explanation of the flaming super kick on CVV. I uh, didn't actually hear that, but I might have to go back and check that one out. Um High Five Tom, at uh, High Five Tom. Uh great cop moment. Holy snap. Hashtag Cruiserweight Classic didn't disappoint. Every match was engaging, and shout out to at just in time 211 for helping me showcase the I ain't got time for bad cop moments. Funny, if you're reading Jesse Ventura from Predator's Voice, boy, that shows my age. If I'd have read it ahead of time, perhaps I could have done that. Um, Mad Attack, since he's not on this week, I guess he always had to get his say in as well. Uh, best cop moment, June is John Cena's 20th anniversary. Word life. Worst cop, Jeff Hardy on talk is Jericho. Don't bitch about going to see your sponsor after rehab. It's what you're supposed to do. And Unsure cop, MJF promo. Does it matter if it was kayfabe, shoot, or real? I'm not sure. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, Ranters Nation Network at Ringside Rant. RJ says, hashtag best cop moment, my 38th birthday, 17th month's dry, wrestling is hot. A belated happy birthday to you, sir. And worst cop moment, double or nothing too long. Oof. People, I guess, don't want their value for money for this one. Hey, remember, you can stop at any time, RJ, and you can perhaps watch it on a second day if you need to. Uh, Justin, at just in time, two one one Best cop moment, MJF's unbelievable promo on Dynamite. We'll be talking about that in a second. And worst cop moment, CM Punk winning the AEW World Championship at double or nothing. Justin, um, I did mention I might talk about one or both of these things. Uh, JC, that's at Jeremy and Time 721. Hashtag best cop moment, MJF's promo. Uh, worst cop moment, my attention span to remember to submit my hashtag fan cop moments. Hey, we'll make sure we tag you twice if necessary. It's good to hear from you again, Jeremy. Uh, Danny, at Scottish Juggalo. Uh, hashtag good cop moment, it's Lex Luger's birthday today. What's your favourite Lex match or moment? Oof, um, That's really more Matt's expertise uh, for me. I think it's got to be the um, the movie put on Yokozuna on his tour in, was it 1980? Oh, I'm probably way out on this one. Was the aim to try and suplex him or something? I do remember watching that with Mason a long time ago, so I think I'd probably have to go with that. Uh, bad Cop Moment. Tony K going on some sort of alleged hallucinogenic-induced rant on the post AEW premium live event media scrum. I think I missed that one. Uh, Dan Griffin. Hashtag Best cop Moment. The way Tank Abbott versus Goldberg was built after the WCW 2000 reboot. So much of it was absolute gold. Real hidden gem of a story. I love it when the fan cop moments are more than a week old. Uh, that one by quite a long way. And hashtag worst cop moment, the fact we never got Tank versus Goldberg due to a change in creative team. And hashtag Dan cop moment, I think I've been using those for Scottish Danny, but hey, you go ahead with it. Uh, still not up to date on anything. <laughs> a relatable moment, I know how you feel. Um, oh, a bonus one. I thought of a topical hashtag good cop moment. GCW Tournament of Survival is tomorrow and starts at 9pm GMT, which is brilliant. There you go. You got something in that was topical. Ah, well, Whether it still is, I don't remember. This was from June 3rd, and it's June 5th today. Uh, Rob, at UTT Rob. Uh, the WTF cop moment. VAR in a playoff final. It might not have changed anything, but Town should have had two penalties. Um, they should have definitely had at least one, and um, yeah. That would have tied the game up, and two would have got them into the Premier League. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, hashtag good cop moment. MJF fire me promo. Always looking forward to H. Oh, no, sorry. Also, looking forward to Helena Sal. Man, I'm glad you mentioned that. I totally forgot that that was tonight, actually. Uh, now we have a lacrosse game with Mason. I'm hoping we can get back in time to watch that. Uh, hashtag Badcock moment. Felt the bill to double or nothing was a bit meh. Mm. And I think that's almost it. Oh, we've got a couple more at the bottom here. Um, ah, we've got our guests talking about this, and promoting, and uh, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. Uh, hashtag Good Cop, catching up with the guys from Good Bat Wrestle last week. The pleasure was all ours, JB. Uh, hashtag Bad Cop, the MJF angle has no dive, nosedived already. Really? Okay, uh, you might be on a minority for this one. And hashtag Hilarious Cop, <laughs> WES, postponing after we discussed it on this very show. Um, postponing, but they, they did mention they're going to come back. I think it was about six weeks after and um, as far as i can tell that's sort of the fan cop moments thank you everyone good bad um you might have noticed that we kind of missed something in our main good cop moments and bad cop moments so that was kind of deliberate we kind of spoke off air about this and we decided for the open agenda is this something that you wanted to talk about paul and i was like good because i wanted to talk about it as well um i figured we'd talk about it at some point in the show so we just decided to put it in the open agenda so Take the floor, sir. Go ahead. Tell us what was on your mind a lot this week then. Well, yeah, it, it was the MJF, the whole
1: thing from yeah. start to finish, because it's one of those things where it's very rare in wrestling. I'm not going to mention companies, just in wrestling, where you get the story that captivates. I mean, let's say that MJF is not in the top ten wrestlers 20 wrestlers at the moment maybe he's maybe but he's not one of the he's not one of the people who you'd expect to see online and go oh everybody's going to be talking about this but this whole story from start to finish went from absolutely nothing to just blowing up the internet like i almost see like over a few seconds it started from a missing fan fest as a lot of people saying was a big thing because he never misses a meet and greet. He's not like that. And he missed his fan fest. Then there's talks that there's a plane and he's got a ticket to get on it, to leave double or nothing. And he's not going to be there. And then people are turning up at the airport and finding out he hasn't got a ticket on there. And then is he going to show up? Is he not going to show up? Is it because Tony's not paying him enough money? Is it because, is it a storyline? Is it whatever? And then he turns up. Then that's a big thing because then he comes out in Ric Flair style attire. He plays to the fans. He even does a little aeroplane sign as he comes out to signal the fact that the whole thing happened. And then he takes 10 power bombs and loses. Was he supposed to take 10 power bombs? Was that the whole thing? Was it done on the fly because of what he did? We still don't know. Will we ever find out? And it's like, no, in storyline, he probably should have took 10 power bombs and gone out the ring anyway. But apparently, because of all this thing that happened, it might have been a story. It might have been, well, actually, I'm scolding you because you did this. you know, walking walk in the ring and take 10 power bombs and you're gone. And now the whole pipe bomb things happened. Which makes it seem more like it's a storyline, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then people are still thinking, and then they did that, was it a couple of three nights ago, where they've basically taken him off the whole of the website. Yeah. So he doesn't belong on AW anymore. He hasn't got any merch. You can't buy his merch. Mm-hmm. And it's like and people are still going, "What? what is going on? And I think it's one of those things where is it in the last? Is it since the Montreal Screwdrop one of the best storylines that could happen? Like once it's finished and once it's all played through, is it probably one of the best drawn out things? Could it be? Because we nobody knows what's going on, and even still today, people are talking about the Montreal Screwdrop. Was it a work? Was it real? We don't know. And it's like at the end of the day, it made the attitude era. It made Vince McMahon into a actual character in wrestling. He did all the stuff that needed to do. And I think this is probably, since then, as close to that as we're going to get again. As close yeah. to that, is it a work, is it a shoot? We don't know. Probably in the end we don't care because there's going to be this huge payoff because he's either going to leave, come back, He's either going to actually go eventually. He's it's all a work. He's gonna fight, win the title. Everybody's gonna either celebrate or boo him completely out of the place. And it's like it is probably one of the most talked about because yes, we've had CM Punk turned up, Brian Danielson turned up, Adam Cole turned up. We had all these big moments that everybody had to talk about. And it's like now this is a actual A.E.W. homegrown talent that three years ago you wouldn't, you'd have gone, oh well, here's a guy, he can talk on the mic, well done to him, hopefully in the future he'll make something of himself. And he's now one of the most talked about people over the last week that I've seen in a while. Yeah. And I think, and yes, people said about the point bomb, they went, there was, again, it was split, it was... He's done the best, best talking that I've seen in I don't know how long. A lot of people went, if you watch the CM Punk one and watch his next to each other, it's the same one. They've just copied it. And it's like, okay, mate. okay. so he talked. He bad-mouthed the boss. He said a few untruths. He threw the mic into the ring because it went off exactly the same as CM Punk's did. But at the end of the day, how many times in wrestling do things get repeated? But if it works in the moment, mm-hmm. then it works in the moment. And the you know, point that he did was an amazing promo. He sat, he stood there for like seven minutes, completely opened himself up. Yes, it was probably all scripted and he learned it over the few days. But at the end of the day, it was done brilliantly. He did a fantastic job of it. He sold it no matter what the outcome of it is. And I just think people need to stop going trying to analyse it so much and just realise that it is a good piece of work from whoever's doing it, wherever it's coming from,
0: and just let it ride itself out and see what happens in the end. Well, assuming all that's true, of course, like there's the thing that makes it so good is that the pieces are in place to make it believable as well. Like he is he isn't highly paid for somebody. If you think of the the big moments on AEW, CM um, CM Punk's obviously right up there. But MJF as well has some significant moments. We've been talking about his storyline with Wardlow. This obviously was his storyline with Jericho, like his storyline with. CM Punk. Like, he's central to that company. And I can believe that he isn't feeling totally appreciated. Like, the amount of money that he's being paid for the role that he's been playing in that company probably isn't matched. Would WWE like somebody like that? I think they would. I think he would fit in perfectly over there. I think the only problem might be is I think a lot of his... Uh, speeches aren't scripted. I think a lot of it he does go on the fly. He is going to play to the reaction from the audience. So whether he would work quite as well over there, I'm not quite so sure. Um, I actually did see MJF for around 18 months on the Indies. And he was exactly the same character. The only difference was at that point, he was a very young looking 21 year old, um, but he had it at that point and it was brilliant. So it, there was no surprise to me that once that somebody was gonna sign him up and he would have a prominent role. And that's exactly what he'd done. I still think he's only about 25. He's still really young, but he's already one of the best people on the mic. He already knows exactly how to play that heel character. Um, he knows how to get a reaction from the crowd. And, um, yeah, I, I, there is that believability to it. Like, I heard Malachi Black was getting paid more than what he was. And I was like, really? I was like, Malachi Black is not as significant a character to me um, as, what CM, as, as what MJF is. Jeez, I keep getting my initials mixed up. Um, so I can see that that's totally a problem. Um, a couple of other things that um, I did see as well. Um, I didn't watch Rampage, but I did see a quick clip on Twitter Where after the on the AEW shows, Tony Khan comes out and he normally comes out to start. Thank people for coming out. And he says, hang around at the end. Um, We're going to bring some people out, um, blah, blah, blah. And that's actually when I managed to. I always like to drop this in whenever I can. That's when I got my fist bump from CM Punk in January um, because he came out, did his speech and then went around the outside of the ring. So I managed to get that. Um, They was introducing people. The crowd were chanting MJF. So there was a whether that was to antagonise Tony Khan, I don't know, or whether they legitimately wanted to see MJF or whatever reason. Doesn't matter. It's a talked about story. That's what you want in your wrestling. That's what you want in your company. What's going to make people tune in? That's that. People are going to want to find out on Wednesday what's happening with MJF. That's going to make what people tune in. Um, either way, whether he's unhappy and it's legitimate, people are going to want to find that out. Whether it's just a storyline they're playing. People are going to want to find out. It doesn't matter either way, as far as I'm concerned. It's re- it's entertaining. And that's what this is about. This is sports entertainment and um, it works perfectly. Um, I I think it's a storyline personally. Um, obviously, I think in a, perhaps in a year's time or whenever his contract runs out, I think there will be a consideration of, hey, look, can I jump to another company? What are you going to pay me, Tony? Obviously, you want to pay me more than what you're going to pay me now. I think it'll be somebody that Tony will, does not want to let go. I think um, JF is a good figure for AEW, and I think he can clearly afford it. So I think he should be looking to pay him what he's due. But right now, he's on a contract anyway. So you you work for your contract. But either way, great storyline right now, for sure. All right. I have a feeling that this is going to be something that's probably going to be coming up in future episodes. I can't imagine this being the last time we talk about this. Obviously, as more details break, we'll have more to talk about. All right. But it is that time of the show. We get to our final round. We get to The Devil's Advocate. Uh, Matt's not here this week, so he normally does the introductions, but the devil's advocate round is where we have to defend a hot take for 20 seconds, whether we agree with it or not, as Matt says, you're not going to agree with it. And, um, that's pretty much the rules, um, Paul. I know you did this before in July, so I know you're familiar with this uh, procedure. Um, I guess I need to set my timer to 20 seconds. I still left it at a minute 30. Um, I'm going to give you the choice. Would you like to go first, or would you would, I, would you like to go first or second? Do you want to receive a devil's advocate, or do you want to deliver a devil's advocate? I'll oh, go on.
1: I'll I'll give you yours first.
0: Okay, my timer is ready.
1: Okay, your devil's advocate is as a whole. WWE does a better job at pleasing the fans than
0: AEW. Well, absolutely. I think the benchmark is, as a teacher, we always have to try and prove this thing. You can't just say, like, I'm a good teacher, I'm doing a good job. You have to prove it. How do you prove it? You prove it by stats. So the way to do this is you obviously have a look at the TV ratings. So WWE, every week, week in, week out, they're getting millions of people watching the show. At best, AEW is cracking a million, but it's only like 1.1 million or something (laughs) like that. That's a very subjective one. I huh? like how you made me uh, work think on my feet a little bit. I was yeah. gonna say if that was if that was anything else now,
1: I'd have screen, I'd have screenshotted that particular moment and just posted it everywhere. <laughs>
0: this is these are his feelings towards WWE. Uh. <laughs> Um, once again, though, it doesn't. It, the fact that more people like WWE doesn't bother me at all. That that's perfectly okay. Um, if that's the, if that's your favorite show, absolutely, you should totally watch that show. Um, I prefer AEW, so I'm going to watch more AEW. Um, I'm sure I have food tastes where uh, my favorite food is not the same as everyone else's favorite food, but that doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to switch my favorite food, and neither does it mean that you should either. So, it's the most popular company right now. Um, Will that still be the same in five to ten years? I don't know. I I guess we'll I guess we'll see. But yeah, not particularly one that I was happy to defend. But um, luckily, as a mathematician, I had a way of getting around it. You got to use statistics. So I got around it that way. Now, I actually had two for you. I had one and then I wrote down an alternative one. So let me see which one I think is going to be the better one. Um, That one's a little out there. So um, I think I'm just going to go with I think I'm going to go with my second one that I came up with. Um, Actually, let me tell you what the first one was, but I'm not going to ask you to defend this. I think it's a little too out there. Um, It was, not only do I think the MJF promo was fake, I think everything about AEW is fake, including Tony Khan owning it. That's a little too out there, so I'm not going to ask you to do that one. I'm not that much of a conspiracy theorist. All right, the one I am going to ask you to defend, though, is this. As this is Jeff Hardy's last hurrah, I think he needs to go out with a real bang and start being even more reckless than he has ever been before in his career.
1: Oh, I totally agree with this, because Jeff Hardy has to come out and just be Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy has to finish exactly like he did at the beginning and put everything on the line. And if that means that he gets more injured than he has been, that's just the way he started his career and the
0: way he should finish it. Time. Very nice. Very nice. It's... I don't think that Jeff Hardy would have a problem defending that statement, to be honest. But oh I god, no, I...
1: Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy <laughs> is the same as a bit like Darby Allen, but Darby Allen's probably gonna be dead by the time he's about what like 30, bless him. Because yeah. Darby Darby Allen wants to wants to get, get hurt really bad. It's and he so has difficult. no problem with that. And then when they fought each other the other week, I thought this was the worst thing you could do. Because he I thought there was gonna I thought there's going to be and Mick Foley in the hell in a cell thing, something's going to happen. Like Jeff Hardy's going to go. It's all right. I'll climb to the top of this building. I'll just stand, just stand there, and I'll, I'll fall on you. Because yeah. the problem is with with him and Darby Allen and a couple of others, they just get to the point where they're like, everything. I'm going to do everything. Yeah. Everything's coming out, and I'm going to do ev. It's like when he's fighting now, Jeff Hardy, and people are going. Well, to be honest, he looks a bit beat up, and he's supposed to be. He Have is. you? He watched if somebody crammed all of these moves that he's done, where he jumped off stuff.
0: Oh. I lost you just for a little bit at the end there, but I, I think I could hear everything that you were. I think I got the gist of what you were trying to say. Um, yeah, having those two together is terrible because they're just going to encourage each other. Like they're going to want to want up each other. Um, Jeff Hardy's going to want to show that he was the best in the original, and Darby Allen just doesn't care either. So, um, yeah, putting those two together, the main difference, as somebody's already said, is Darby Allen can recover quicker because he's in his twenties. Jeff Hardy's in his forties. Um, yeah, as somebody somebody who's in their forties, you can injure yourself coughing. So, um, or just trying to get get out of a chair so yeah when you're diving onto chairs and jumping from tops of ladders and uh, all that sort of thing that yeah um i i just i just really hope that jeff hardy can get through this last hurrah so escape, quick- as it were and he can live the rest of his life but not in a wheelchair and nobody wants to see that everyone loves seeing jeff hardy do what he does but we just we just care about you jeff we know you've got to really live the rest of your life as well and we don't want you in permanent pain all right. So that's that's the end of the show for this week. I have no idea what our plans are for next week. Um, I guess we'll figure that on the fly with Matt Matt and I'll get together. Uh, Paul, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being on the show twice. Thank you for, for doing this on Friday and then also finishing off early this morning so we can get this out today. Unfortunately, as I was asking Paul to close up, we lost his internet connection again. Um, I had to leave, so we didn't manage to um, we didn't manage to finish everything up. So let me do the socials part. Um, I want to make sure that you do follow Paul on at official U-R-W-E. and from June fourteenth, uh, sorry, June fifteenth, they're going to be appearing on. on at one electric mag on a regular basis and 100 days will start very soon on the build up to the official first big event so go ahead make sure you follow both of those two links uh, make sure i put them in the episode notes as well um, thank you for paul thank you to paul for doing this i know we had those technical issues he was really good at working around so we could manage to first of all record on friday which was really helpful for me and then also to be able to record super early on sunday from my perspective to make sure we could get a show out so once again thank you paul I believe Matt's back next week. We're out of here. Boom.
1: music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin MacLeod at com, Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3. 3.0 3.0 HTTP scroll on slash slash khincarmon.org slash licenses slash bag slash 3.0 slash